tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm! That was very masculine, that one, okay? <laughs> I'm getting told it sounds feminine. I am masculine. Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. If you, the, uh, the El Toro over there, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? Dude, people are starting to talk about the fucking we don't smoke the same. Word on the street is you're looking for a adult film star who smokes weed to be on your Valentine's Day show. Yeah, porn star, OnlyFans. Craigslist like back page, yeah, basically. Yeah. Is, there a word? Word. is there a word for that? No, there's no word for it, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, there's no word for it. We do not judge. We are we are libertarians here. It should all be legal. It's a all Christian right, podcast. It's okay. a young Christian like warrior podcast. I use a word recently. That yeah, works, so. uh, <laughs> dude, he has limited English, so he used the best he can, okay? <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the ones and twos, Johnny Woodard, who might or may not be a part of a murder clan, but we don't know. You will find out in this episode. Johnny, how are you? Good, man. Good. Dude, the broken simulation. Is already crushing on the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's up there now. And it's uh, it's on. It's actually on the tinfoil hat YouTube now. We're just putting them over there. Well, guess who did a guest spot on it? Xavier Guerrero was uh, on it, and people are talking about how much they love this wacky duo, aka the Three Amigos of Conspiracy guys. <laughs> so go check out Broken Simulation. Go check out We Don't Smoke the Same. Check out my new podcast, Cash Daddies. It is a investment show. If you don't know how to invest, this is a great show because I'm learning. Learning with you, okay. I'm not into all those weird stocks. I want to buy. I want to learn about IRAs, gold, silver, Bitcoin. That's what we're learning on that show. So join us with a bunch of unsavory characters, okay? The last one was great. What about DraftKings? Yeah, with Brenton yeah. Bill come won a million dollars. Learn how he did it. So check it out. It's called Cash Daddies. Just putting Cash Daddies it is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I also have a podcast called The Union of the Unwanted. That is going where after this I go run and we're doing a giant Bitcoin episode there. Uh, it is basically all your favorite all media, all, res- all researchers, podcasts come together and discuss. It's the who's who of whatever genre or topic we are talking about. Guys, I'm going to be live, 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 live in North Carolina, Johnny's hometown with his, his aunt and her black african-american boyfriend will be at good nights uh march 18th through the 20th myself john toll who you know from this show he's on rockfin uh and jessica wellington and will be there and johnny may or may not be making a guest spot we don't know but if you want to see us come and hang out at good nights go to what's the website good nights good nights comedy.com good nights comedy.com and then two weeks after that i am in uh new jersey 
Okay, I will be doing uh, the comedy do- dojo of comedy inside Tiff's comedy inside Tiff's. Uh, myself, uh, Howie Dewey, and Tino Sanchez will be live. That'll be Thursday through the. It was be the fourth through the sixth. That's a Thursday through Saturday. So come get weird, and then I'm coming back to Illinois. And I got to get the date on that, but I believe it's the 18th. I will be, let me make sure. Let's see what, let's see. Let's go to dates here. Come on, man. Oh, no, no, no. I believe it is the 20th. I am in, uh, I am in uh, Illinois on the 20th. So go check that. I will have those dates out soon. So I will be back March 20th. Here we go. Yes, I am going to be, hold on. Nope. Let me change that. I'm going to be in Lombard, Illinois, March 27th. So that's where I'll be. I'll have those links very soon. So that's that. Uh, dude, I am cooking with gas. If you're looking, if, if two shows a week is enough for you, we have a bunch of great podcasts coming out. Uh, go to, uh, go to, uh, patreon.com slash tinfoil hat and you get your three shows a week daily doses and then i also do a patreon show with brian callen the man dragon so check out the man dragon and the fat dragon as we talk conspiracies and that is at brian callen that is patreon.com slash brian callen johnny you look and like- if you want to uh hear larry johnson uh talk about the dark connections of tom brady go to rockfin.com slash Greatest. He was on this week to talk about Tom Brady. Greatest of all time. Super Bowl winning quarterback, Tom Brady. Greatest of all time sports talk. I also have a spiritual podcast on there called Zero. Zero with Sam Tripley. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Zero has got me through these tough times. My ability to look at the spiritual side and just realize, let it go, let it go. Let it go. What you hear on Tim Fall Hat, you get to know what's going on in the world, and Zero lets you learn how to deal with it. So that's at Rockfin, R O K F I N dot com slash Zero. Check it out. What are you laughing about? Hey, you, let it go. Let it go. I know let you got go. kids, dude. Let that's it go. The, you sound like let that it Disney go. movie. I have to. I had a crazy <laughs> week this week, and everything was just okay. Let it go. Let the universe rope a dope you. Well, away. Let it tire it out. You're going to be amazed how you will get through that. Hey, we got. New t-shirts, everybody. Super excited this. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com and you will see the new Fight for Charity t-shirts. I'm very excited about them. But I just noticed that Bill Gates has got this needle in his hand. That's great. Yeah. A syringe. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you know, I will fight all the <laughs> annoying people for charity. Uh, mostly guys who I know I could beat, okay? But I will fight them for charity. Uh, real generous to you with the body they put your head on. That's Johnny, great. I will be in shape. Trust me. That is what's left on my, my 2021 list. Can we start a GoFundMe? What? For a fight? Me find Bill Gates? Someone. Someone. Just a GoFundMe where we, we, can find, out. we can find a billionaire that's down? Uh, down the, yeah, but they're all on HGH <laughs> and Adrenochrome. They'll f- beat the yeah. shit out of me. You should fight Brian Cowan. That'd be, I'd pay he's always oh. like, we should fight. I'd get killed. I would love to see Oh, him. dude, Why? that would... That would dude, that, Why do you want to see me fight Brian Cowan? He'll kill me. Dude, the guy's been working out forever. I can barely jog a mile. <laughs> But I'm, uh, once everything opens shape. up, mark my words. Here, here, I will get a black belt in Krav Maga. Mark my words. That is on my list. I'm going to as much pain and suffering <laughs> as that will bring. I am going to. I will have broken bones and fingers, but I will get that black belt. Is it is Krav Maga training painful? Does it hurt? 
No, I mean, you, you, you go at it. It's the best. It's like you work out and then you look up an hour went and you're like, fuck, that's how you know you're loving it. And it's like, it's like no more like bowing and sensei, the traditions. It's like, fuck you up, survive, get the fuck home. That's what it is. And I'm all about that action. Okay, Johnny. Uh, anything else, guys? Oh, yeah. If you want to get hats, mugs, stuff, go to Tinfall Hat. Swag.com. We are trying to put it together. I Again, samtriplee.com should be done. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, we love you all. I hope you guys enjoy uh, this show. It's what William Ramsey. And I'm sorry, dude. He comes on, drops a whole keg of whoop ass. And it's these are the type of shows I enjoy. So please enjoy the show. All right. So let's get into it, guys. Uh, he's an investigative reporter. He's got a podcast uh, named after him and what he does. Please welcome to the show. We're honored to have him. William Ramsey, how are you, sir? Very well. Thanks for having me. Your podcast is called William Ramsey Investigates. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, it actually was an adjunct. I was trying to get my information off of YouTube and uh, started a podcast, and now I got deplatformed from YouTube. But uh, it has all of my kind of interviews, a lot of book interviews and other inquiries and uh, a lot of information from a bunch of different authors that uh, went on. A lot of them went on to become bestselling books. So if people are interested in kind of book book reviews or book uh, interviews, I would suggest my podcast to them. William, I don't know you uh, uh, and I'm excited to get to know you. But, man, I love your vibe, dude. That's all I got to say is I love your vibe. Thanks. You look like you could be like on True Detective, and you're just <laughs> trying to crack the case. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes every day feels like True Detective, which so, is a great show, by the way. Yeah, I love. I, I thought Vince Vaughn was a lot better than anyone wanted to give him credit Me for. Me too. I and thought, he just yeah. hated on that episode, and I thought it was a fine episode. I thought that season, season was fine. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It wasn't so, as good as the others, but it was fine. So, like, how do you? We have, we have some stuff we want to talk about. I just really want to get into like. So you're an investigator? Are you a detective? Do you do any of that? Like, what do you do? Do you go up and you interview people? Like, dude, just look for the one-legged hooker. She knows she saw something (laughs) that night or anything like that. No, I was. uh, I went to law school in DC from '95 to '98. I worked briefly on the Vince Foster case as a very like a intern, but I saw a lot of different things, and that really kind of led me to distrust the corporate media. I saw a lot of the media as part of political systems, whether it was right or left. So I really, and it was right as the internet was taking off. So I really tried to do my own research, and that's really where it all started. Vince Foster, to me, was not did not commit suicide in Fort Marcy Park. His body was dumped there. So that kind of changed my whole outlook on everything, really. And I uh, really just was an independent researcher. And the books that I've written at the time, a lot of people weren't talking about those subjects. At least I felt like that. So that's why I wrote a book about Crowley, Crowley's influence on 20th century culture and society, and then um, also about the West Memphis Three. So uh, those were really independent. I have a law degree. I am a member of the State Bar of California and inactive. I'm not practicing law anymore. But, uh, yeah, so that really is where it started, all the way back to Vince Foster. Like, I knew some of the people. He was in the park. There's Patrick Knowlton, and the attorney I worked for, his last name is Clark. He's still around. He worked on TW800. That whole kerflop, that whole nightmare that happened uh, near Long Island. Um, but yeah, I love so, it, man. So. You're just saying all 
the bells that I want to ring, you know, that's really what I mean. First of all, the Vince Foster thing is so interesting because, you know, I remember when that was happening. I'm a little older than the guys in the room and a lot older than some, but I, I remember when that was going down and, and I just think like what we know now versus what we understood then and how naive we were. Like, we really thought that Bill Clinton and George Bush were locked in horns on who's going to win the presidency. And, like, what we didn't know until much later, as more and more people came out, more and more uh, whistleblowers came out, that those guys have been working together forever selling cocaine out of Arkansas. Right. Yeah. So the whole family was a fair Mena. And that was one of the things around Vince Foster. Nobody really knows, at least people have speculated what the motive for offing him was, but he was in, he grew up actually very close to Bill Clinton and was in that whole environment back when the Clintons ran Arkansas, like a little fiefdom and tons and billions of dollars. I've done interviews with other people where the amount of money that was being brought in through just Mena was numbered, not in the millions, but the billions. So there's tons of money laundering. There's all kinds of things. They talked about whitewater. There's a really good book. I recommend that's called partners in power by Roger Morris. Uh, that really goes into that in great detail. Very academic, scholarly, first-rate uh, journalist. Hold on one second. Is there somebody bu- uh, backing up a dump truck by you? Yeah. That's the guy who just delivered my oven. So he's okay. Just we just got to hold on until he's done beeping. I like how the beep is trying to whisper now too. Like, sorry, beep, beep, beep. So let's get so anyway, back. There was a lot going on with our, and there was a lot of other. I mean, people now know that the Clinton crime family has been engaged in all kinds of dark actions, and there's a lot of other, you know, dead people really around them for decades. And what people don't realize about Arkansas. Being governor of Arkansas, I don't know if it's today, probably is, but definitely back when Bill Clinton was running it, it's the equivalent of being mayor of Tijuana, right? You are running shady shit, and nobody's paying attention, and everybody's running and gunning, and dark arts and death and and just money, and the occult is running nuts, and nobody was paying attention to it, and nobody was watching, because, you know, I really do believe a show like Miami Vice came out just so everybody would look at Florida for the cocaine business. That was like Miami, dude. That's where the coke's coming in. And reality, it was being ran through Arkansas because Arkansas was 50th in everything. Right. I mean, that's not, it's it's a rural state. It has no real high technology. It's kind of, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't call it a sophisticated urbanite center, but those Mena, but I mean, think the real reality is that all those smaller airports were all drug laundering, cocaine transit points, right? And what was the guy's name? Barry Seal, I think was his name, was one of the guys who fought, and they eventually killed him. But uh, a lot of shenanigans happened in those smaller airports, believe me, not just Mena, all over the country. So we did a show, we did a tinfoil hat comedy show. Did you come with us? What are you talking about? No, no, no. You must not have been there. We were in Alabama. And, you know, we were in Huntsville, Alabama. And so it was literally the only time we didn't sell a butt ton of tickets. You know, in a 300-seat, 350-seat room, it's a huge comedy club for such a small town. It's huge. And 
Dude, we sold 70 tickets, and we haven't done that since we started. Like, literally the first show that we ever did, maybe we got, we got, no, we, we got more than that. So we off stage, we're like licking our wounds. We're like, fuck, man, we're going to eat it on this one. And the sound guy comes up to us, goes, just so you know, you got set up to fail. Because, because Huntsville, Alabama is the center of the new world order. Because all the satellite systems and everything, he goes, this is real NASA here. And which is, you know, fake NASA's in Houston where everyone's like seeing, oh, we got problems. Real, real powers comes out of Huntsville. And that totally makes sense because nobody's looking at Alabama for any kind of like power or, 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 or dark arts, new world order stuff. Same thing with Arkansas. Everybody's looking at Washington or L.A. Nobody's looking at these little bumfuck states and nothing against because we got some great listeners there but nobody's looking at arkansas or alabama outside of football it's where space camp is i always thought that was oh yeah why why, why, why space camp? you know where else they do that too with cocaine because they say all the cocaine comes from colombia a lot of it comes from bolivia oh yeah yeah yeah. never mentioned it's always colombia yeah like you know the whole thing about who uh pablo escobar's dad Mm -hmm. might be anyways different (laughs) episode so you said that he might have, uh, Vince Foster uh, might have been killed for something new. What What are your thoughts on that? Because we've never done an episode on Vince Foster, and I find that whole thing really interesting. Yeah, it was 1993. Fort Marcy Park was an abandoned Civil War fort on the south side of the Potomac in Virginia. Very kind of outside of D.C. That's where they found his body. He went out for lunch and was never seen again. He was the White House counsel, and there's all kinds of things that happened. There was a fake suicide note that was in his briefcase, all kinds of sketchy stuff, covered up stuff. Some of the paperwork came out of his office. But I think that he was just in the group and might have just misstated something. He seemed to be, to me, a very – he was a very smart guy. I think he graduated at the top of his law school at either University of Arkansas or Villanova. But I think that he was kind of a straight and narrow guy, and he was around people who weren't. And so maybe he said the wrong thing, and he was a threat to people's careers, and that was it. So I think that that's what led. I mean, and even like I've been to Fort Marcy Park, so it's an old Civil War fort, so it has these berms, uh, kind of earthen berms made out of uh, trees, stumps, or uh, a lot of kind of wood. But his body was found at a 45-degree angle, lying back so he would have had to have gone set like walked down to the bottom of the berm shot himself and then fell perfectly back to land on the 45 degree angle so the whole thing looked super staged he had a gun in his hand which a few people who commit suicide almost never have a gun placed in their hand so it's almost like somebody had watched a hollywood show and say this is the ideal look of a body so was there yeah, any, there's a lot of problems with that. You know, you know, this is Tim Fall Hat. We have a, uh, you know, we are conspiracy base. Gladly, <laughs> proudly. Um, there's always calling cards. You know, there's supposedly with some of these celebrities who kill themselves, there's a certain way they die, and that signals, hey, man, don't investigate this. Was there any calling cards that you know of that might have been involved in that? That they're like, yeah, we're not investigating this. Well, the FBI director changed the day after his body was found. So they got the new FBI director was installed. And there was a cover-up at the at uh, the White House. So they found this kind of faked uh, suicide note that was there, if I remember correctly. 
there was all kinds of fake stories and people didn't know I committed suicide. And uh, there was a gun that was clearly, it wasn't something he owned the gun that they found. If my memory serves me correct. Um, but as far as like a overt calling card, I think that everybody knew in DC don't ask too many questions about Foster, especially it was almost right at the beginning of the first Clinton administration, which was 93. He got in in 92 after George Bush senior. And, uh, if you wanted to kind of stay under the radar, I think that in DC, you kind of, uh, kept your mouth shut. And I was a naive. I mean, I was so naive. I was just like, this guy was did not commit suicide. So I didn't last very long in DC. I was happy to get out of there, but I was like, uh, when they, I, when I worked for Clark, so, uh, there was the whole star report, right? Star was investigating Clinton for things that he said about his sex life. And when the star report was done, the Clark addendum was added to the back of that by the district court of DC. So there was a three judge court there, federal court, that put the star that the, put the Clark report underneath that that talked about the suspicious elements of the Vince Foster's murder, and I was the guy who delivered that to every senator and every oh member my of the house god of yeah so I hand delivered to all those people so I would like walk in and I'd handed I handed it directly to the senator Levin from Michigan. In Arlen Specter's office, I went into his office, and that was pretty curious. That's the single bullet theory guy of the JFK. Oh, my God. So he was still there at the time. This was probably 95, two couple years after the death of Vince Foster. But his wall was actually pretty interesting because he had kind of almost like a celebrity brag wall of pictures that went almost from the ceiling down, very down the wall of him hanging out with all these famous people shaking their hands. And I didn't see our own specter, but uh, I mean, I think he earned his his bones in the JFK uh, cover up. And that's why he was stayed in office for 20 years. And he was supposed to, I think he was a Democrat. So, uh, you know, it, it crosses party lines in certain situations anyway. So I hand delivered all that stuff and it, it still kind of is there. You can read, I think it's the FBI cover up is the title of the website that John Clark still has. And you can just read the Clark addendum. It's very covered up by the media, obviously, but uh, I think it's very salient. And it talks about all the discrepancies and Patrick Knowlton, who was at the park and saw cars that weren't, I think he saw a different car than what Vince Foster had. So there was all types of uh, sketchy stuff. And there's a really interesting guy, DC Dave, if you really want to get into the Vince Foster death, you could have, you could have him on. And he was first person. He was writing constantly about the Vince Foster death. What's Very, his name? Him and Mike, Mike Rivero. Do you know who Mike Rivero is and what really happened? No, please. Yeah. So he was there too, writing about Vince Foster. And it cost him a lot. He has, my understanding is like, he was actually in, D, uh, in California in the entertainment industry. And people did not like him asking questions about the Vince Foster death. And uh, he moved to Hawaii, but he's been around Mike Rivero of what really happened is, uh, He's kind of like been an old timer in alternative media for a long time because I read him back in the nineties. And that but, was uh, really you, hard back then, dude, because the internet wasn't what it was now. I mean, not even close. So you know, it's like back to books, and you had to find the right, uh, you know, publisher that had the balls to put out right. those books. And man, they, you know, you if they wanted to smear you, there was nowhere for you to run. 
Guys, guess what? It's Valentine's Day. That's right. Johnny, are you excited for your girl we've never met to celebrate your special day? Yeah, I can't, can't wait. Is wow. she going to be in France where you say she's been the whole time? I can't wait to spend, spend all this money on these overpriced flowers. Johnny, you know what you should try is 1-800-Flowers.com. Guys, seriously. I will. Listen, Johnny's got a girlfriend who is like super fucking like hipster cool. And Xavier's going to go to a strip bar and meet a lady for the night, okay? But the point is, no matter what kind of lady you have, they all want flowers, okay? And everyone knows Valentine's Day is all about the wow factor. So give her a reason to brag on the next Zoom call or win Valentine's Day with an Enviable. Enviable bouquet of red roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, 1-800-Flowers has an amazing offer for our listeners, all of our listeners, okay? Get 18 red roses for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. My God, what are these Tijuana prices? It's so cheap. What is it, the 1905? (laughs) Holy shit. That's right. 18 red roses for $39.99 or upgrade 24 red roses for t- only $10 more, okay? I love roses, Johnny. You love roses. You love roses. I love real roses. I love on Craigslist, like those roses, oh. paying for action with ro- What, Johnny? <laughs> Johnny, you <laughs> told me to say that. Why'd you tell me to say that? Early delivery for red roses from 1-800-Flowers lets her show let her show off how much you love her, okay? All roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at the peak cared for and every step of the way and shipped fresh to ensure lasting beauty. Okay? Talk to Xavier's cousin. They're Dude, the ones picking all I'm that. sending these to the strip club. Yeah, for sure. They're shipping them shit there. Yeah. Johnny, do you say, you want to say something? No. Johnny, God, why don't you love 1-800-Flowers.com? Oh, I, I do love 1-800-Flowers. Now that they're saving me some money on, th- on Valentine's Day, Johnny, I was really Johnny, think worried. about that. For only $10 more, you get 24 Red, oh. I mean, you oh, get 24 it. red roses for only $10 more. It's unbelievable. So here's what you got to do. Uh, to order 10 roses for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code TINFOIL. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the code TINFOIL. Okay, hurry up. Hurry up. The offer expires soon. Get it going. And it was, you could not self-publish back then, too. So there was a, you could get stories spiked or publishers to spike your book. There's all kinds of things like that happened back then that really today, because of different, now they're de-flat, de-platforming you and, uh, you know, kicking people off of websites. But back then they just wouldn't, they would just call you a lunatic and not address any uh, reporting facts. There was actually back in the day, like really serious journalism had to publish itself in Penthouse. And Playboy, because some of these other magazines wow, wouldn't touch. Wow, didn't uh, cutting edge, yeah, cutting edge investigative reporting. Well, you know, they say journalism dead. I, I don't agree with that. I think journalism has gone super indie, and you know, with this show, like this show has gotten ch- strikes on YouTube for uh, for um, uh, a twerking video. Where, where, you know, I call it twerking in politics, and then a uh, blue chew boner pill ad. We got strikes for that. It's like they're coming for us. So for me, man, it's like we gotta diversify. But you know, we can't. I, they just don't want. I think YouTube is dying. 
I think they've gotten rid of all the interesting content and it's just going to be like a website that's basically has the vibe of the mass singer and people are going to move on and not care anymore. But going back to like being destroyed and I like almost being deep platformed. There's a very famous interview on 60 minutes by Mike Wallace where they were busted editing the video as he interviewed a gentleman who was really pushing hard that, you know, the Clintons, and there's way more to this Vince Foster murder, and Mike Wallace, like, just straight-up hatchet, man. I mean, like, dude, and this to me is the beginning of the eroding of the the mainstream media, and, and we're like... It's dead now. I don't feel like anyone, like, we all have friends who still watch the mainstream media, and, like, you just got to be, like, they're family, and I got to let it go. They just want to, like, it's just, like, if you want to eat McDonald's of thought for the rest of your life, just do it. I can't stop you. If you're just going to get Big Macs every night of your life, you want to go to Burger King, eat it. I can't stop it. Man, but a lot of people are waking up to it. Like, a lot, a lot of people are waking up to it. But, man, the the, the Clintons, this is everything I think is wrong with, with um, America can go back to the George Bush cabal. Yeah, and, you know, from what I the totally assassination yeah. of JFK, and that is the slow chipping, chipping away to what we saw here. You know, and, you know, here's the whole thing, dude. You know, the truth of the matter is this. The, the George Bush, uh, Bill Clinton friendship is the reason I always looked at Trump in karate stance. Okay, Croft Maga, guard up, not going to trust anybody because we don't know what's going to come out in three years. So they'll fully invest in anybody that's in politics. Now, why did I like things that Trump was saying? Because I'm into nationalism when it comes to business, man. I want American first when it comes to business. I'm anti-war. Those were all things that Trump was pushing. I also make no illusions about his fucking Zionism. I don't like any of that. I don't like Zionism the same way I don't like neocons and neoliberals. I make no illusions about that. But the Clintons, I feel, were like the first time they started getting brazen. Like, in my humble opinion, where it's like they started saying, fuck you, what are you going to do? Hey, do you think that, um, excuse me, do you think that uh, Trump knows uh, those names that weren't released on the JFK files? Uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah? 100%? I, I, I 100% believe that. Yeah, I think he probably knows a lot. I bet he accrued all that information. He definitely, in his earlier, before he became president, was definitely interested in alternate explanations for things. Definitely curious about JFK and 9-11 and all that stuff. So I would say he knew a lot. I think that they were. he was really, a, to me, an outsider. Like you said, anti-war. Never started a war. Whereas we as a, the country have been have gotten used to presidents ginning up wars or you know sending missiles overseas so to trump's credit uh he didn't have that kind of war stance but yeah i think he knows a lot more but he pissed off so many people he was really was an outsider you almost never see a picture of trump with any of that whole cabal the whole bush clinton cabal just never had any and even obama was proud part of it to a certain extent but never really meshed with the prior political establishment at all well, he donated to the dead Democrats a lot. He went to the Clinton's wedding. But, you know, the notion that, like, you're because you're friends with someone at one point, you're always friends with them forever. 
Like, there's everybody in this room has somebody they had a falling out with. And it's I make no illusions of Trump, and I still don't. I actually miss him. I miss the chaos of that. I, I, you know, it's like somebody said earlier, Jason Rouse's brother said this. He goes, I like it when the president's hated. People pay attention to what's going on. Now we're getting lulled back into sleep and all these fucking sheep, ba ba ba, can go back and not worry about politics for another four years until they can get, they can get fucking in, invested again because you know, it got right the wrong. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late forties, dude. Like there are people my age that cannot come to grips with that D's and R's are the same team. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, <laughs> but it is, it really is true. At the very top, you're really run by kind of a plutocracy. Even Trump is somewhat part of that clique of wealthy guy who's been around for a long period of time, but was really kind of an outsider from the boroughs, but all these other people, the Clintons. Uh, yeah. Do you, I don't know if you remember this, but when George Bush senior was dying, as what is his skull and bones nickname is Magog. When he was dying, like in the hospital, Bill Clinton shows up. So there's Bill Clinton, George Jr., Sr., all together. What, what's going on with that? I suppose these people were supposedly enemies, but, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I mean Obama's I a Bush. They're all Bush. Like, they're all related, man. Listen, here's what Trump is. Listen, if, you have, if you're in Chicago, you're a mob boss and you're a mob boss. We both want to run coke, right? Guess what? We're getting the coke from the same people. You're selling, right. you're selling your Coke, I'm selling my Coke, but still Johnny's Coke that we're buying from That's him, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, make no illusions. It's just different crime families. But, like, anybody who wants to sit there and act like racism is done now that Joe Biden's in, look at everything Joe Biden signed. And you can't, listen, This the, the left, and I'm a liberal, the left is fully retarded with this, like, listen, people change for our politicians unless you're a comic who does a joke 20 years ago and now you should be fired. It's like the mental gymnastics these dumb fucks are doing but back to uh back to the foster thing so you're you're kind of uh and i find that everything you you want to talk about so interesting we had before obviously we've talked about the smiley face killer and just all that stuff it's like it's is it i mean like the more and more i discover it's like is law enforcement there to enforce laws or are they security for the rich and the occult right it's an excellent question because if you go back and look at why the fbi started back at the early part of the 20th century what was the the premise it was really kind of a a kind of an attack force to go after communists so people who are trying to destabilize the country so it's it's original impetus my understanding was that was its purpose so I think it's always kind of served these oligarchical interests, the FBI in particular, but there's a lot of crimes that are happening in this country that, especially the smiley face killers phenomenon, have not really been addressed by these federal, they've actually blown it off. In 2010, the FBI issued a statement said that the idea or the, the, with you, the theory that young men are disappearing and being found in water was unfounded. It was unmeritorious. And uh, it's still there, but I think that they just didn't have all the information that's available now by other researchers. And uh, yeah, but I think that uh, that's a real good question. Are these what? What do these? Which groups of this law enforcement are still really actively going after every single case? I mean, who's the Elliot Ness? But I mean, you look at Bill Barr. 
you kind of wonder what he's doing. He's the head of the, the Department of Justice, which the FBI is under, right? For sure. And he's he 100% fucking did enforce any any investigation that went uh, against these elites. Guys, today's program is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever had. And listen, guys, this is another one of these that I use all the time, every day. I get it. If you see me on the Conspiracy Social Club, I talk to uh, Brian about it. Yes, I am the fat dragon. And, dude, I get my nutrition from Athletic Greens. Every morning, I throw a little orange juice, boom, a little Athletic Greens in, and I, my nipples get rock hard. I get so hard, I'm just jazzed, man. I'm jazzed and ready to rock, and I'm going to get these guys on because they're really sluggish lately, guys. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your life. You could use some athletic greens, okay? Athletic greens is one of the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverages I've ever had, and that is the truth. Let's face it. There's a lot of stressors in life to make it difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies nutrition it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods, okay? This is where Athletic Greens can help, okay? Their daily all-in-one superfood is nutritional essentials, okay? It is by far the easiest, most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. I'm telling you, dude, and it tastes great. It tastes great. It tastes great. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, proactive green superfood that blends blends and more. Okay, that's all the work together. All this works together to fill your nutritional gaps in your diet, increase your energy and focus, aid with digestion, supports a healthy immune system, all without the need of taking multiple products. All right? I love it. I literally take it every day. Okay, this is what I want to tell you. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these winter months. They are offering our audience, mine, Xavier, and Johnny's, okay, a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase if you visit my link today okay you're basically never have to buy vitamin d again so whether you're looking for a peak performance or or better health covering your basis with athletic greens making investing in your energy immune and gut health each day simple tasty and effective simply visit athletic Greens.com. That's A T H L E T I C G R E E N S dot com slash tinfoil. Join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go getters around the world to who make daily commitments to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and get your free year of vitamin D and five travel packs today. I love it. Use it. I hope you do too. How, how many stories do we have where they have i mean look at the vegas shooting the fbi came in and just pushed the investigation a totally different way they push it all the single killer when there's more evidence that there were way more shooters helicopters all this stuff and what we do is uh and then you also had the uh what was the other fbi that was involved with the uh the 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 finders the finders are huge story involved with the fbi getting fucking people off how many times we hear about the fbi where there was a shooter 
that they knew about. And they just kind of not only did nothing, but they more corralled them into doing it. There's a lot of stories about them wanting to change testimony of witnesses. So like the JFK assassination by Sirhan Sirhan, they were telling people they didn't see what they saw. They did kind of the same thing in the Vince Foster case when they were interviewing, I think, Knowlton. They garbled his words and wrote it down differently. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, I think that there's a lot of those stories of the FBI manipulating things. And the smiling face killings, too, in particular, if you have, like, 150 men who disappeared and ended up in water. They're not going swimming. Why are why aren't they the ones looking into that instead of citizen journalists? And even that goes to Epstein as well. The whole Epstein story was broken mainly by independent journalists talking about what's going on with this guy, what's he doing trafficking? And it turned out to be just a massive, massive story of blackmail, trafficking, all kinds of depravity. Hold on. You tell me 150 people have are, no, no, it's only boys, men, 150 men. 150? I've never heard. Uh, at least, no, no, at least, I think globally, probably 300. At least 300 in different cities. There are hot spots, Boston, um, New York, uh, Bath, in, in the UK, Manchester, but all over the world, there's probably 300 cases of guys out at night at a bar, get separated from their friends and are found later in water at some dates that are not explicable because they're 40 year, 40 days later, 19 days later. And, uh, you know, some of these, the, the law enforcement is now saying they're not accidental. They're actually just be, not wanting to define them as murder, as accidental deaths. They're just saying unknown how this person landed in water. So, um, yeah, there's tons of others, just a whole list of cases. And I think in my two, two documentaries, I think I included 125. I think it's 79 on one and 40 on the other. Like, there's just so many cases of young, of younger guys, bar, typically athletic, uh, disappeared and uh, found in water. And really the first two guys who, who kind of found this phenomenon were a guy by the name of Gilbertson, who was a criminal uh, criminalist in, I think it was, uh, Minnesota, and then Kevin Gannon, who was a uh, – police officer in New York city. They both noticed the same phenomenon of, of college age kids in out Claire, Wisconsin, and then in New York being found in water. And then they two got together and shared notes and said, Hey, something's going on. That's beyond the realm of just uh, happenstance. And I, and I definitely think they're wrong. Like when I first looked into the smiley face killers, I thought it was an urban legend. There's no such thing as a, a cult that kills or abducts people or people working in tandem. Uh, I, and then I, I started researching. I read their book, which is Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. And then uh, that has only 14 cases in it. So if, you, if that's all you see is those 14 cases, it's not as vast. But these other researchers, Jim Smith, uh, was the researcher for my first documentary. They just have tons of cases all over the country where this is happening. And uh, it's pretty disturbing. And so, you know, I, I include a lot of the family testimonies in my documentary where they're saying there's no way that my son went out and committed suicide or did anything. By, a lot of these guys are really athletic. They're young, 21, and you're expected to believe that they got separated from their friends, went for a swim, and then accidentally drowned or committed suicide in water, which is very hard. So uh, there has to be, there's 
why what's the other explanation and they kind of go into that in my documentary smiley face killers who's abducting torturing and murdering college-age men in the u.s and uk so i include all those different cases in there and a lot of these water bodies of water have been previously searched like meticulously oh man really see here real quick because i want to hear more about i I, i'm shocked by this number and i really got to ask something man if this was college-age women Mm -hmm. in particular white women would this be a national story? And the answer is 100% yes. And it's like, it goes back to where it's like domestic abuse is a, a giant story. Is that an important story? Yes. I'm not saying it's not. But the fact that male suicide is not a giant story in this country, that it is a fucking epidemic that nobody's talking about. Let's go back to the smiley face killer. The fact that 150 college-age men have been have similar deaths and nobody's talking about it lets you know who's running shit. It's just the fucking truth, man. And I hate to say it. And it's like, I love women as much as anybody else. And this is not negative towards anyone who listens. But it's like women very much sync up when they think it's something involves them. And when it doesn't involve them, and I'm talking about you, you meet tours in Hollywood. The fact that you're all upset about Lana Del Rey got called Lana Del Lasagna by fucking (laughs) Marilyn Manson. And you make that into a fucking issue and you don't care about pedophilia lets me know where your fucking your head's at and it's just the truth the fact that we have a pink ribbon in nfl football games for women's cancer as we should and we don't have it for men's suicide anything lets you know what's going on and it's called pandering well, it's true. But I mean, these are, these are expected to be suicide. They're claimed suicide or accidental deaths, but I think they're all murders. So all these bodies found in water are put in there later. And the way they, the name, the smiley face killers is got its name from Gannon and Gilbertson is they found spray painted smiley faces um, close to some of the bodies where they think they were put in the water. So then that's a mystery. Gannon and Gilbertson have also associated a lot of other kind of symbols with these deaths, but they're not disclosing that to the public. So they have tons of information, Gilbert and Gannon, who all came out with a six-part series on this whole phenomenon on oxygen, which I recommend. It was uh, produced by Blumhouse, I think a fairly reputable production company. You know, I I am getting out of the murder entertainment business. Like, I, as I do this show, I realize that comes off as a little weird, but you know, because I'm just trying to put out information. I'm not presenting this as I don't want to present it as, you know, uh, you know, like I was watching the first 48 and we had this moment where they watched this mom find out her son was dead. And I'm like, why are we part of this experience? This should be personal to them. And we should not be showing this on television. That woman brought this child in and now we're, you know, and not only did they, they, the, the officer positioned her for maximum effect for the camera. And to me, that's deplorable. Are those murder shows? Do you sign off on that? Well, what they do is they bring you like a whole bunch of different uh, papers to sign. And you don't realize one of them is signing off on uh you're giving them right to use the footage oh shit so that's what they do so uh the smiley face killer it's it's grown men i mean it's college age boys 
in the middle of nowhere. They come up 19 to 40 days later. And is it always those are in that range of that time? Well, sometimes there's ones, the ones that are really obviously something, some other negative influence have happened are those cases. There's one called that was featured in this. It was by a guy by the name of Dakota James in Pittsburgh, where he was missing for 40 days. And uh, Cyril Weck, the rep, you know, very well-regarded forensic pathologist, said this guy had a noose around his neck. He had a ligature around his neck. And so that's one case of 40 men. The first case that I got involved in was a young man by the name of Joey Labute in Columbus, Ohio. He went missing uh, during the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, which is a body lifting uh, thing. But he was missing for 19 days, found in the previously searched area. And it was all the same thing. He was with his friends at a bar. Something happened, disappeared. Why is he missing for 19 days after a very serious search? So there's differing times and dates. Uh, and some people have said it only happens in the winter. That's not true. There's a lot of misinformation, but uh, there's different times. And the really suspicious ones are where the bodies are found upriver from where they were or oh, far up away. river, so they can't wash up. There's just all kinds. I mean, I think that people have said that it's an ideal way because it, to dispose of somebody because it washes away some of the evidence. And also people think that they just fell in the water and drowned. Because they're drunk. So, yeah, because they're drunk. You just assume that drunk guy fell. Assume. Yeah. Right. And that's a good point because that's how people dis, dis, uh, discount this phenomenon is they say they're all drunk. But in a lot of these cases, they're not drinking at all. They're out late at night. They've maybe had one or two drinks. Some are very drunk. And Gannon and Gilbertson have said that some of these guys are uh, have GHB, so they're definitely being drugged. Are there any Are there any other threads uh, connecting the cases that that you've observed? I mean, anything about the class? Or are they of a particular class? These people who are well, that's a good point. Like one of the things that I have noticed is these victims is that they're not very well. They don't come. They come from middle class families, so they don't seem to have those kind of resources. Maybe of a wealthy family or. Uh, Apparently it was a lawyer. So they almost, and it's, it's kind of like a strange thing. So the Dakota James case I was talking about, he was, there was actually an article that was put out in the daily beast that said he survived kind of a trial run that he had called somebody and called one of his friends and says, I don't know where I am. And she she came to pick him up. He said, I'm really scared. I don't know what happened, but she said that he had just come out of like a drug stupor in Pittsburgh and then evolved like a black SUV. So Somebody, these kids might be selected over a long period of time. Definitely, there's a connection with uh, Grinder and some of these gay apps. So there's there, you know, somebody could be operating through these apps. And th- there was a case that I covered, Stephen Port in London, who was definitely all over the gay dating apps, and uh, he killed like at least four or five people. I think they've proven it uh, that he was in it, but he was into GHB. And all this stuff. So uh, there's definitely the, the, just the phenomenon itself to me is obviously real. When you look at all those cases, it's really just a question of motive and why they're doing it. And have you and, have you heard that? anything about David Geffen? Tons. And like the weird things with him yes. and how he will show up to campuses and suddenly there'll be a cable. David Geffen ran Geffen Records and uh, was a part of the people 
who started what was the studio? Um, DEN, Digital Entertainment Network. Yeah, that. Okay, we'll get into that. But also (laughs) within uh, Steven Spielberg, what's his name? That started, uh, what's Steven Spielberg's movie uh, studio? Dreamworks. 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 He was one of the guys who started Dreamworks. Okay, but then that's a very famous and it's as as plugged in as any person can possibly be into like celebrity culture and like with all the, he knows everybody famous. Yeah, I mean he's everybody bad. famous and allegedly, supposedly that he shows up on campuses and people go missing. Allegedly. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Oh, I've heard a ton of stuff of like people enforce, you know, enforcer. Like, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I you got to choose your words careful. One thing you realize with a lot of these guys is they get up the economic tier. They go buy a house. They get the best car. They get a nice plane and then a boat or a yacht. But at the very top, they have excellent attorneys and fixers or cleaners or whatever. And you can call them assassins or whatever, but the very top of the, of the food chain, the economic food chain, they have a lot of they have a lot of extra legal power as a way to put it. Yes, and it's kind of crazy. It's very crazy. Yeah. And there's a lot of sketchy things. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, there's levels to this shit. That's what you know. If COVID's taught me, there's even levels to billionaires. Like. <laughs> Really powerful billionaires have no problems and no problems at all fucking lower level billionaires. Okay. Like, you know who fucked up, I think? Uh, that Pitbull guy, the singer, they started talking about Event 201 and it started blowing up. I'm like, dude, you just fucked up your career. Unless he's got that much money. Yeah, but he ain't a billionaire, dude. No, well, I think, dude. I I, see, I think. No, Pitbull's not a billionaire. <laughs> he's pretty well, let's, rich. let's see what his net worth is. Oh, you think no. Pitbull's Maybe a billionaire? Maybe not a billionaire. No. Not a billionaire, but he's got. I mean, he gets a lot of money thrown at him net for sure. Net worth is $100 million. That's still mm, pretty impressive. But, but that ain't billionaire, no, dude. And I think, dude, even there's money is, uh, is one measure. But you have a lot of these billionaire guys that are like hedge fund guys that aren't. I think political clout and power is a different measure. Now, money can buy you some of that, but there are plenty of people that maybe come from old money that don't have as much money as these like hedge fund billionaires that are way higher on the power charts and are way more plugged into these like dark art sorts of uh, situations. I think that's a great point, mm-hmm. but I really honestly don't believe it's about money or power. I think when you get to these levels, they have all that in spades. It's like it like everyone keeps talking about Bill Gates doing all this crazy shit for more money, more power. He's got it all. It's spiritual, dude. It is a level of spirituality, occult dark magic, bro, that they yeah. are all playing this game and these guys could be sacrifices in a weird way. Are your th- what are your thoughts? No, that's not that weird. That's not that far outside of the realm of possibility. So I did this interview in August, and it was about the Smiley Face Killers and also this group called the Order of Nine Angles. Have you ever heard of them? I, no. The Order of Nine? I've Order heard- of Nine Angles. No. Oh, so, my God. What is so, this? Yeah, get ready. So they are an occult group, not the Church of Satan, not the OTO. But there are guys by the name of Mayan out of the UK was a Nazi who got into occultism. And the thing that distinguishes his occult group from the other cult groups is their opinion on killing people. 
So they they call it culling, right? So like a guy involved in husbandry would cull the herd, right? So their attitude, they're like super anti-human, really. And uh, But here's the kicker is that their ideas of what can be determined to be a sacrifice, they call it an opfer. That's like a German name, O-P-F-E-R. But what could constitute a sacrifice isn't putting somebody on a piece of wood and shoving a, a knife through their heart. They will select, they will actually go through a process and weed through people and find what they call homo hubri or hubris or the, the prideful person and kill that person secretly and make it look like an accident. And that's in their, in their doctrines, the order of nine angles books. They have a book of Satan once called Naos N A O S. And it's a really hardcore group. The guy was very intelligent and he put in ideas into this occult group that are from political ideas of this kind of notion of a cell. So like in communism, you'd have a cell of five guys and they all know each other or something. So he has this cellular structure of these individuals. If they want to get involved, he calls it a different term, a nexion. And it's supposed to be the idea of, it gets kind of complex, but he has the idea of the our reality and then a spiritual dark reality. And you're supposed to, in these groups, presence this dark reality in the world. And it's not a very big group as far as I know, but they have chapters all over and they've started busting. And it's interesting because I did that interview in August and then in November, the uh, NCAC, I think it's the National Anti-Terrorism Group, came out with a uh, thing. This is just like two months ago, three months ago, that said that the Order of Nine Angles is very dangerous and should be put on a terrorist list. So they had this guy who's in Toronto. So this is kind of like the global transnational idea of some of these murders. But this guy in Toronto's name was William Von Nudigem literally walked up to, he was a member of the order of nine angles. He walked up to some guy and slit his throat right in front of a, uh, a mosque and his trial is still going on. There was a case down here of a guy who killed blaze Valent Bernstein. His name is Woodard, but he was involved in kind of an order of nine <laughs> angles often called Adam Waffen. What was his last so, name again? Uh, the guy would word. Woodward. But we, he killed this guy, Blaze Valentine, but he was involved in Adam and He literally was making, like, C. Kyle salutes in Texas. But so you have to kind of go back to the Order of Nine Angles, and its ideas were disseminated. And I think the Smiley Face Killers has a lot of overlaps with the Order of Nine Angles, but also a lot of these guys who are in the white supremacy movement in the United States and in the U.K. have digested this kind of occult Nazism in a different vein. And they're really nasty. Like Adam Waffen got wrapped up. I think they killed like five people. One of the guys killed his girlfriend's parents. I mean, they're just all. And one of these guys who was associated with Adam Waffen was at the Charlottesville 2017 March. But the, just to go back. Oh, so my God. Yeah, no, no, it's really crazy. So the Order of Nine Angles, some of these deaths could be like their their way of being a part of this group is to go out and kill somebody and then you're all bonded together in the cell right so in the cell or in the next like so. a ju- like a jump in in a gang yeah right yeah. right this might this might sound crazy but um here we go would there be any uh 
any way this be connected to an Indian tribe? They always find this uh, Native American tribe next to the smiley face. Is there any way to connect that? So in the original guys, there was a body found. I think it was in Eau Claire, and there was a statue of an Indian guy. And I think the name was Sinsinawa. And so they kind of said, is there some kind of connection between this kind of um, Native American ideas and some of these deaths? The problem with that is it can't really be traced outside of that geographic area. Um, Like, there's clearly these types of cases are happening in Germany, Austria, France, the U.K. So why would those areas, you would think those areas, if if there was some kind of motive or tie-in with the American Indians, why aren't they in Europe? But um, some people have gone down that thing, and um, I mean, the smiley face itself is in our culture. It goes back to the acid house, you know, 70s and 80s, real industrial type music and dispersed all over. Like, it's part of uh, Alan Moore's The Watchmen. It's a very important thing, and you'll see it uh, disseminated through all types of TV shows and movies, even this most recent stand, the kind of malevolent figure wears a smiley face on his uh, lapel. David Bowie uses the smiley face. So it def- to me, it definitely has a call. It's like, a cult, right. an like, esoteric, like an esoteric, and an esoteric idea. Yeah. And I think, yeah. it, I think it ties into nihilism and that the universe is a big joke. Like there's, it's not a meaningful universe. It's kind of a big joke, kind of like what the comedian says in – uh, the Watchmen, and that that outlook, nihilism means like murders. Who cares? Because there's no meaning. Oh my god, it's so nuts. Yeah, so- no, go watch the Watchmen, where that character, the comedian, like he impregnated some girl in, um, you know, well, he was in Vietnam killing people, laughing about it. Like that's literally part of the narrative. And then he shoots this the mother of his child. And I think that 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 that's what Moore is trying to impart through from that. Uh, from that play, that show is to show that nihilism, and actually, I think that some of these people have integrated that in their outlook. Jesus Christ! One thing that uh, everybody we we got a little bit of some interesting, you know, let's just say pushback was on the West Memphis Three and what they represent and what really went down. And we've had uh, guests on here to say that they were like. They basically got away with murder. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think they got away with murder. They're actually convicted of first-degree murder as of August 2011. So I think they were the people involved in the crime and that occultism was definitely involved. And, and Damien Eccles, who's really kind of the central figure, has admitted to being in the OTO. I think he just admitted that he was in the AA, which is specifically Aleister Crowley's magical group. That was specifically created by Crowley. It wasn't something that existed before him. So Eccles has admitted that. And also there's literature from the OTO that says that Eccles is, I think it was SK was his, uh, his, when he was in jail, his number was SK 931. They literally have something about him being a member of the OTO and giving what his What is the OTO? To What's that? What the OTO is the Ordo Templi Orientis. It's a German secret society that was started in the 19th century, but Crowley eventually took it over in 1925. He, was, he went to Germany and was elected the head of the OTO. And it's kind of the repository of all, a lot of his ideas. So he took their old rituals and integrated his ideas really 
And Crowley, I mean, people like to say he's a master occultist, but he's admitted to being a Satanist and a Lucifer in that. He's a entity, piece of shit. Yeah, the entity that dictated to him the Book of the Law in 1904's name was Awas, who says he admits it in Magic and Theory and Practice that that's the devil as we know him or Lucifer. So people who say that he's a dabbler or something, I really, I think they have a superficial understanding of Crowley and his intent. He had political intent as well. He wasn't just a kind of a cultural figure. He believed that the ideal political society was uh, feudalism with the, you know, kind of an occult aristocracy overseeing a bunch of uh, cattle, sad mind control people. And you can go look at the United States over the last 20 years and see how that comports with his ideas. Yeah. He's a rich kid. And, uh, you know, trust fund kids are dangerous. Just like, you know, the Unabomber said, just like Malcolm X said, and that's why they were uh, basically marginalized, one killed, one sent to jail. And, uh, you know, Crowley was a rich kid, and he he was able to spread his thing through all of his rich kid friends. That's what trust fund kids do. I mean, Mohammed was a, a rich kid. I mean, you go through all these cultural icons, and so many of them are, are fucking rich kids. They're just rich kids who never have idealism fucked out of them by life. So they could, and, and so they get to this position where all their friends from school and all their relatives and all their, their elites are in power positions to help them spread their, their beliefs early, you know? And I, I really do believe that, man, that, that, that this guy was just a rich kid and we hear tall tales of them. I'm not saying they aren't real, but they're real, like really tall tales, dude. Like he was, you know, him and what was it was either him or John D were like the, 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 um, inspiration for James Bond and all this fucking bullshit. And they're just all trust fund kids. Well, Fleming knew Crowley and contacted each other when Hess made that weird flight to Northern England at the, during World War II. So Fleming knew him and he integrated Crowley into Casino Royale as La Chiffre. So that character looks like Crowley, but um, I don't think anything Crowley touched really did anything good. And I think you're right. He was a rich kid. He never worked. He never really had a day job. So he didn't relate to anybody in an egalitarian sensibility at all. And all he really wanted for his religion is to have it for fellow rich people, just like you said. So, Do you think uh, he was a pedophile? There are writings. So in his magical works, he would do a daily diary, right? And in one of those diaries, I think it's called the Magical Record of the B666, he writes that his girlfriend or paramour or scarlet woman at the time, her name is Leah Hersig. And while he was at the Abbey of Thelema, he literally writts about raping a uh, one or two year old child. I'll her child. Wow. fight him. So it's infanticide. It's worse than pedophilia. I would say that that or fantivore. I don't know what the word is. Sorry, it's not infanticide. But yeah, it's written in there, and he talks about himself as a god. So he sees himself with these very uh, florid ideas. I mean, and at the later parts of his life, he's saying like. I may be insane. He's literally writing that about himself and when he's in his 50s. And there's a couple people who said that he was in a mental institution in Switzerland uh, when he was in his 50s or 60s. There's two fairly reputable people, uh, NIS, Nin, and... Uh, oh, yeah, they always die broke. The la- the, uh, who's the famous woman who was like basically all like the neocons follow the woman? she Ayn got- Rand? 
Yeah, like she died broke. They all died broke. They push this idealism, and then at the end of the day, it fucking falls and collapses on itself. But no one takes a moment to remember that. They just read the book, and they, they you know, they're in rich, powerful positions, and they push it. But back to the West Memphis Three, okay? You know, in the movie, at the end of that whole series that was done on them, they implicate that they thought it was like the stepdad that had something to do with it. Like, is that all bullshit in your opinion? Total, a hundred percent. What fucking? And Johnny Terry, Depp had Terry something to do with it, right? They, they, they actually, if you watch, there's three documentaries that were made by by HBO, right? So there's a first one called Paradise Lost, and there was a second and a third. But the 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 onus, the blame shifting went from the people who were found guilty by two separate juries to from actually uh, one of the step-parents to another step-parents. So it went from a guy whose name I can't remember to Terry Hobbs. So they switched their their purpose of who they were looking at. And uh, it seems to have, you know, burnt up the Internet without any really evidence. They just say that, uh, you know, we couldn't be accounted for for a certain time, but none of the police ever considered Hobbs to be – a suspect and you know these guys kind of have colorful pasts their uh east west memphis was a uh lower middle class environment i think so because of these guys kind of uh pasts i think that some of these claims stuck to them but um the west memphis three to Eccles, and i mean in one way or the other Eccles failed failed a Lie detector test. He told the cops at that time, if, if I can talk to my mom, I'll tell you everything. So there's all kinds of problems. And there's a, a written statements by other people that they admitted to the crime. Um, so. And what did they say? There's enough evidence, again, to probably convict him again right now. Because even, even Eccles himself, if you want to talk about Crowley, he said in an own article written by himself that, he was prosecuted for his, for his love of the knowledge of Alistair Crowley. Oh, yeah. I didn't write that. He wrote that. Yeah, let's not forget these guys still, especially Damien Eccles. I mean, they're still out there promoting magic, and I mean, they, right. they. It's not like they were, you know, disavowed all of that shit. There's he's he, him especially yeah. is still a. You Go know, look at the tattoos these guys all share. Depp, Peter Jackson, they all have this kind of witch language tattoo. That is a circle. It has a sigil on the inside and on the outside. It's the Theban language and Thebes goes back to Greece and it's a witch language. It's literally known as the witch language. So why are these people getting these occult tattoos and what's going on with that? And Eccles is constantly drawing about that stuff. I mean, they said when he got arrested back in 93 or 92, that he was obsessed with magic and what's he do once he gets out of jail in 2011, he's right back at it. And I mean, he's on, I mean, the reason I know, he was in Crowley's AA is because he admitted it on his YouTube channel and somebody told me about it. So, uh, I mean, he's made his own statement. He, there's so many. There's a West of Memphis, which was another documentary after the original, original three. But the West of Memphis, uh, at the end of that documentary, he states that he wanted to be the greatest magician that ever lived. I can't remember the verbatim statement, but it was something to that effect. So, He's written all kinds of manuals and books, and he's given talks. I think he was in he was in um, Austin, Texas, uh, giving a talk, like a magical talk with a bunch of sigils. I don't remember the dates and stuff like that, but he These was friends guys. with Fuck he him. was fr- with uh, Genesis P. Orridge. We've seen with him, pictured with him. Do you do you, do you think there are benign or positive 
even positive forms of magic? No, I don't think there are any positive forms of magic. Not for me, not from my perspective. So I don't believe, I don't, not a new ager or uh, anything like that. I can't think of, I don't believe in that kind of uh, artful dichotomy of white and black magic. Some people proffer, I don't yeah. believe that at all. Um, yeah, I just don't, I think that, I think it's a very selfish preoccupation to get involved in magic. And usually it's sometimes these people are using magic on you that are magicians that you never understand. So a guy like Hubbard probably was a heavy duty magician. And you want to talk about like John D and stuff. Um, he was doing Hubbard and Parsons, who was Crowley's number one kind of uh, student were doing some John D type rituals, the, the Babylon working what involved Enochian magic. Jesus. So Hubbard knew that in 46 before he started Dianetics. So, and I think he was using magic on all of his followers too, in the worst kind of way. Worst Who? Kind of like Who is L. Ron Hubbard? L. Ron Hubbard? He's the founder of Scientology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think he, 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 that Scientology is all um, black magic? Absolutely. Oh. Laid out over time. Starting from the beginning, he knew Crowley. He lectured about Crowley. His son said he had Crowley's documents before lectures and he would fondle them and talk about the power his son who was there right at the beginning uh he went by a different name so it's kind of confusing but his l ron hubbard jr to d wolf but he's made public statements that uh, that that hubbard knew crowley and uh oh i mean hubbard i mean crowley supposedly hit up jack parsons and said get away from uh l ron hubbard because he's gonna he's gonna end up clipping you and Turns out that was the truth that he steals Parsons' chick. I mean, this chick is fucking Scientologist and Satanist. I mean, it's unbelievable. If she was around today, she'd be crying me too about fucking Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. They were meanies to me, right? That's exactly what would be going on. Uh, dude. It- Although if anybody was liable to deserve to be me too for real, it's probably those guys. Yeah, for know. sure. For sure. I mean, dude, dark arts, man. Dark art. I mean, like, there's a part of me, honestly, that's starting to think the Nazis didn't lose the war. And that they just basically, that was the narrative that was put out. Because everyone's like, we just had a draft and we picked the best Nazis. Or did they win and tell us we had to take these guys? And they've been running shit ever since. I mean, why does Hitler get to die peacefully in Argentina if he fucking, if he lost the war? All the, a lot of those guys got out. A lot of the big heads got out. Uh, I think including Hitler. Hitler got out. But Mengele, and who was the guy who was found by the Mossad? Eichmann. What Actually, is- yeah, I mean, who was the guy who was uh, later Crowley's, I mean, sorry, Hitler's adjutant at the very end? Was it, was it Himmler? Money? He's, he, they have connections in the United States. Himmler, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it wasn't Himmler died. And uh, but there's another guy whose name I can't remember right but now. But there's a lot of people that came to the U.S., you said? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, I've heard that Hitler's kids came to the U.S., and he, had that family, they, he had cousins who lived in the U.S. and changed their name. So that's there. He had connect, family connections, not direct. Didn't. That might be the best Adult Swim show ever. Like you're the cousin of Hitler, but you don't want anybody <laughs> to know. And you're just working at like some adult bookstore. <laughs> and you're like, where can I hide that nobody will know? Dude, yeah. I mean, I can. Yeah. No. But what's there's funny people, is There's that- offspring of some of these Nazis who are still around. 
change oh, their yeah. names, but they're they're still operating. You would never know. You might walk by them in uh, Look. Texas, and you'd just be like, "Whoa, that's just an American." It's My a- favorite is Antifa running around with wanting to kill Nazis with NASA T-shirts on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is so right. No, it's in the news this week that they have. They're uh, they've expanded prosecution now to people who are in civilian roles uh, in in the Nazi. Uh, who are they still alive? Yeah, yeah and they just alive? well they they're they just they're now looking for this woman who was a secretary at one of the larger. Oh uh, wow! Death camps. It's just it's just theater. I hate. To, I have so many Jewish. Ninety eight years old. I love song. I love my Jewish friends. This is just something to get us all to just not ever come together. Do you think that Ivan the Terrible was theater too? What? Or is that was that his name, Johnny? There was this guy that, oh, that they found. No, I'm sure that these guys were 100 percent Nazis. I'm not saying that at all. But it's like, why was only 15 Nazis tried in the Nuremberg trials? Why? Why did the the uh, OSS, which was CIA before the CIA, say, or the CIA, there's documents say he's, he's in Argentina. Why didn't anyone go after that? It, because the reality is, it's like they made Nazis into boogeymen. And not, not that they weren't actual monsters, but like, the, dude, the Bushes, who were held as like great patriots, they funded the Nazis. Like, it's like, it's, I'm not saying Nazis aren't bad people. I'm like, why are we really going after the people who here's, funded it? Here's, here's the story. 95-year-old former Nazi secretary charged in Germany with 10,000 counts of accessory to murder. Uh, yeah, so. It's so it's easy. Lovely. Like, take out the 95-year-old and everyone can high-five them while, like, fucking Obama's family were straight up supporting, like, funding the Nazis. It's, 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 this is so interesting. Despite her advanced age, she, she will be charged in juvenile court due to the fact that she was under 21 at the time of the alleged crimes. And what was she doing? Just stamping shit? Signing shit? Making sure yeah, someone's name was so-and-so? Be like, hey... Yeah, this is Sam Tripoli. Okay, Sam Tripoli, you go over here. That was. I mean, like the Nazis were very much into the occult. So I always hear, I always laugh when I hear gay guys be like, you know, if the world was ran by gays, it would be a safe place. Oh, first of all, the CIA was founded by guys who were. Uh, well, who was the guy who ran the FBI? Excuse me, um, Hoover, Hoover, Jagger Hoover. Yeah, you know, was gay. Then you had the Nazis, which were started by. The Wandering Winds, which was the the German version of the Boy Scouts, and they were all closeted gay men who had dark magic, and they founded the Nash- the Nazis, which was the uh, nationalist party of that. Of well, that and there's thing. certainly some deviant sexuality there with Hitler too, because I, oh, I mean, there's oh. all, all kinds Dude, he of did evidence. Speed, of, you do yeah. enough speed, you're going well, no, to try to suck your own some, dick. There's some decent evidence of him having like deformed genitals or something. Some, oh, something did he going. have Harvey Weinstein's mangina? There's something going on there. Yeah, like something going on there. I've yeah. heard a lot. About well, that. here's the whole thing. Dude, it's like you know, I you know we have people on. They're like gay agenda, trans agenda. I, you know, Jews run the world. All the shit. It's like I ain't into any of that. What it is is this group of very powerful people position these people so that they are the boogeyman. And it's really above it is dark arts occult motherfuckers. Because even Epstein, which was a giant Mossad operation, there is dark art occult symbols everywhere. The people he's connected to, the mega group, dark arts, occultic symbols everywhere. So it's like outside they're walking around like one religion, but behind closed doors, it's all dark arts occult. 
Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that too. That's really it. A lot yeah. of these people at the top Rockefellers, the Bushes are connected to the Rockefellers. You can go through all the background of, you know, world trade center, one Rockefeller Plaza with the gilded uh, Prometheus. So, you know, this goes way back before what? we were all born. Yeah, 100%, dude. And and that's why this COVID shit isn't about power, isn't about money. It's a spiritual war. That's why in in this age of Aquarius, okay, the new religion of the elites is transhumanism because they want to lock us into this fucking realm, okay? They don't want us leaving the realm because we're only supposed to come here, learn fucking the the, the lessons of the universe, which is show kindness, help others. We're here to learn about mistakes we made in past lives and rectify those mistakes. They want to trap us here because they're trapped here. That is this highest, lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell. I know that might not be your thing, Ramsey, but that's just my belief in the world. Well, I would agree. I think that the elites definitely have a lot at stake of keeping the serfs compliant, fearful, um, debt indebted. And they always have probably since going back to Babylon. I think that it's so why that people don't think that's happening in the United States. I think they're naive. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, even, yeah, so. Who are the children of the beast? The children of the beast are people who are influenced by Aleister Crowley. So I really tried oh, to shit. see all those people, Hubbard, Parsons, uh, the, the founder of Wicca, uh, who's Gardner, Gerald Gardner was actually a friend of Crowley. So all these people who are doing Wicca today who think that they're doing something that goes back thousands of years. Uh, no, Aleister Crowley helped Gardner make or invent the kind of modern religion of Wicca. Um, Satanism, brothers. Theory, all these guys, like these new age guys, a lot of these guys really like Crowley. I think Satanism is just like dark arts occult Saturn worship. They took like the best of Hinduism, which is we're all gods, we're gods having more uh, human experiences. And they took the worst of like Saturn worship and they put together. And then they just got a bunch of theater dorks who play Dungeons and Dragons to go around and act like I'm a Satanist so they can pull chicks. Okay. And guess what? You're all dorks and I'll fight you for charity. Okay. I will fight you for charity. I'll fight any of Aleister Crowley's kids i'll punch them in their fat fucking faces i'll fight all you theater dorks out there with your fucking black magic you can suck a fat one i'm so over you guys i fucking walk the earth dude and i think i've i've pushed ramsey to uh his limits i think my rants have gone too far i will fight anybody in the will uh and the fucking children of the beast i'll fight you i'll fight a bunch of fucking dark arts kids i don't care if they're 12 year olds i'll fight like 12 of them at one time and i'll punch them all in the face okay that's who I am Ramsey. I could talk to you. I shouldn't call you Ramsey. Bill, William. Uh, I could talk to you forever, dude. You are instant classic on the show. Oh, thanks. Thank Everything you. you talk about is what I would like to talk about more on the show. I don't. I, I'm over talking about politics. I'm over talking about trying to get corrupt people to fix corruption. What I want to talk about is what corrupts those people. To me, that's that's more important. You know. I mean, Ramsey, has there ever been a law passed that you changed something that you did, like a behavior that you did? A law passed to change my behavior? Yeah. So let's say a law gets passed. Has there ever been a law, anything you've ever done 
that suddenly becomes illegal stopped you from doing it? See, my whole theory is like they just pass these laws just to fuck with us. And in reality, we're going to do us till, till the end of days. And people could be like, well, what about masks? Well, that's a mandate. That's not a law. But they can pass everything to the end of days. All this shit going on right now with, uh, you know, time putting out this article about, oh, the elites are <laughs> rigged the election to make sure we got the proper outcome that's put out on purpose to get the conspiracy theorists and the people on the right to lose their skulls because the people on the left who only pay attention to fucking politics every four years aren't going to read that article it's non-linear warfare so now you got joe biden's going to pass all these laws nobody's going to follow any of these fucking laws did anybody anybody stop doing drugs when they made drugs illegal you know, has murder stopped? Has, you know, sadly, has murder stopped? Has child molestation? No, it hasn't. Sucks. But I'll, if you get drugs, alcohol, drinking, driving, has anyone stopped doing it? No. They're just fucking with your head right now. Now, you shouldn't murder, and obviously you shouldn't hurt children. That's not what I'm saying. Keep do- I'm not saying keep doing you. I'm not at all. But it's like we get lost in this politics, and it's just... It's all fucking theater for the stupid, in my humble opinion. Right, but don't you think, like, some of these, like, even Biden's made New World Order speeches, these guys are uh, definitely uh, interested in lessening the sovereignty of the United States. I would say even the Bushes and the Clintons. Oh, 100%. The whole Clinton clan has been doing that, 100%. I mean, even Trump passed uh, executive orders trying to stop fucking talk about uh, boycott divest sanction on their uh, on campuses because not because he cares about anti-semitism but he knows that most of these colleges all their profits going to a trust ran by a board of trustees that are invested in hedge funds that invest in the military industrial complex and and they fucking invest in israeli weaponry and if you pass the, if you start diver, divesting, you can't invest in those things. That's what that's all about. So, so do I believe they're trying to weaken it? Yes, but they would do it if they could. In my humble opinion, and I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I think it's all theater. That's why they need false flags to get our consent on everything. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that uh, there's a lot of theater in politics. There's no question about it. I mean, who <laughs> could could could. Biden become president without theater? No. So they had to have all kinds of fake stuff. And I mean, he barely even campaigned. So, you know, we're basically kind of in a dark wizard of Oz right now. I, I think mean, we I, need to go local and everything has to be done on a local level. They're, they're what? 200,000 uh, signatures away from recalling Newsom. Right, right. That's local. Think local. You know, the politics of dude, Oh my God, they raised the budget of a billion dollars. They're just going to print more money. Buy Bitcoin, buy gold, buy silver, buy digital currency. Pull yourself. Everyone can hate Q. Guess what Q people did? Pulled their money and their attention out, and they're fucking losing money. That's all you can do. I mean, we live in a we live in a country of there's no rule of law. The people that we finance, the cops, the military, and the judicial system are not are not enforcing laws that they've taken oath to enforce. What are we supposed to do? Well, we got to get together. That's the only way the AMC, the AMC GME <laughs> work, the GameStop. It's together. Get together, dude. 
That's how we're going. William, I know got a little off the rails right there, but that's <laughs> okay. the show. And uh, William, I love no matter what I say on here, you have the same expression. You're like, okay, all right. Well, I'm listening. I agree with you. I'm like, just you're preaching to the park. <laughs> well, dude. I, mean, I don't know what to do either, but we have to think anew, I think, in this new situation. So <laughs> think yeah. locally. Work, work on yourself. William, you were awesome. I could have you on a thousand times. If you ever have uh, all this stuff, like the occult stuff, that's, that's, I want to focus on why these people are doing it, not who's doing it. I'm not getting into R's and D's anymore. I'm not going to lead the listeners down that road anymore. I feel like we're doing a disservice to everybody and not really focusing on what it is, which I think is like black magic and how you battle black magic. Cause it's all energy and they're fucking stealing your loose, man. They're trying to steal your energy and you have to pull out of that shit. <coughs> William, can oh, you tell where, please find, can you please tell them where they could find your uh, podcast or your website or anything you want them to find? Yeah. My, my podcast where I'm, Posting most of my stuff is William Ramsey Investigates. I, I canceled Facebook and Twitter, so I'm not on there anymore. Uh, and my movies, you can see them on Vimeo. Or my first movie about the Smiley Face Killers is on Amazon. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of just trying to post up on Gab. I don't know how long that'll last. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done with Zuckerberg and, and Dorsey. No way. I don't. I, I think they're actually conditioning people yep. to put up with it. So I think if you're on those social media sites and being bombarded with censorship, they're actually just acclimating you to whatever the next steps are. Give up your guns or whatever. So you got to really be careful about start your own website, dude. I think that's the key to everything. And uh, stay in touch. I have some other options I'm working on that I think you'd be perfect for. And great. I'd love to help you in any way I can, because I find everything you're talking about so interesting and uh, don't hang up after we stop the show. Guys, okay. uh, this has been a great show. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, William Ramsey, for coming on. Xavier thank Guerrero, thank you for showing up in all bulls attire. <laughs> and Johnny, it was real close. We almost thought you were part of a, a murder clan, but it's like wood, wood words, not wood erd. Okay, so you got real close, bro. <laughs> wow, because close. That is close. That dude. is close. If there was any kind of fucking... <laughs> Any kind of money on the line for calling into a hotline, I would have been calling because that you might have been part of an accessory. Okay. So just to know that. Johnny, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of the show. Love you guys. Thank you, Swarm. You guys are the best. I hope you enjoyed the show. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, tin foil hack.